With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You guys, the way you handle every week to me is just absolutely amazing. It's special, man, and you guys do it every single week. Every week's different, and you guys handle it, and you grow together. We do it together, everybody, man. It's the best, and it feels so good. This is the Full Press Bears Podcast, a part of Full Press Coverage. Here's your host and diehard Chicago Bears fan, Kyle George. You are ridiculous. Get ready to bear down. Thank you, thank you, and go Bears! All right, hey Bears fans, how about that win against the Raiders? Uh, we basically ended the Raiders as we know them. Uh, little did we know. Uh, but here we are, another episode of Full Press Bears. I'm here with Joey again, and this show is about Dub Bears all the time. You can find me on Twitter at FuriousGeorge94. Uh, and for more of our news coverage, uh, written by Carlos Nazario, uh, go find those articles at Full Press Bears on Twitter. Email me, fullpressbears at gmail.com. Uh, and I'd love to hear from you. So please go on your favorite podcast service. Leave me a review. Uh, whatever you have to say, whether it's good or bad, um, I appreciate the feedback. Unless you're a Packers fan commenting, then I will not take it seriously whatsoever. This podcast, as always, can be heard on any of your popular podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc., or more simply go to fullpresscoverage.com. 
or download the full press coverage app and find this podcast and many of the great ones there. Wherever you do go, please be sure to hit that subscribe button and share it with your friends, your family, your neighbors, and your enemies. All right. So Raiders, Bears, um, that how, what did you think about how this game went? That was a statement win. It was the type of game that, like, it was physical through and through. Like, uh, after the plays, it was chippy. It was the type of game that, like, you traditionally you'd think the defense is going to step up, but the offense is not going to be able to do enough. And and now we've seen weeks of stacking good performance, the offensive line making making lanes for the run game. Like, it, I think it was a lot of validation for some of what we saw against the Lions not being just a fluke. And it was a statement win. Like, and uh, the Khalil Mack finally had his revenge game like that. He, to me, was uh, coming out of it was the player I was thinking of the most and kind of getting a poetic, uh, nice nice wrap up there and final revenge on John Gruden before he makes his way out of the, <laughs> of the league forever. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think what this game says the most is uh, now. For first of all, full disclosure, I was at the Chicago Marathon because my brother ran his first marathon on Sunday, so I didn't get on. I, I took the train in from South Bend uh, to there, so I was able to watch it while I was on the train. But I didn't get really join until the second half, so I missed a lot of the first half, um, which was good because i missed the fields injury and everything mm-hmm. which was scary from why they were coming after him um but from what i from what i saw in the second half it wasn't as much of it okay i think the things to take away is justin fields is a resilient individual and he continued to show things that he has built upon and learned from so far in his very young experience in the nfl and all you can ask for from a rookie is that you are seeing growth and improvement. Um, and that was, I think, where we hit a crossroads with Mitchell Trubisky is that there was growth and improvement from 17 under John Fox to 18 with Matt Nagy. And then 19, 20, you just didn't see anything move up the scale for Trubisky. And I think that's where fans and the coaches lost it. And now com- contrasting that with Fields, I know he's young, um, but Fields continues to grow and to learn, and hopefully he'll be able to carry that to create himself into not just a good quarterback but a great quarterback Um, because I think a lot of us believe he can truly be that. Um, I think you saw some characteristics of that. Uh, The number one thing I'm going to point out is the Darnell Mooney throw on third and 12 that late in the game that – in hindsight, basically put the game away. At time, yep. at the time, it didn't necessarily, but in hindsight, it basically was the final dagger. Yeah, um, it was. The other key in this game that I noticed was like the important takeaway is that this Bears defense, I think it's safe to say now, is for real. You had yep. a stinker against the Rams, but every week since then, the Bears defense has been very, very good, especially the front seven, getting... Mm-hmm after the quarterback tackles for losses all that good stuff jalen johnson continues to impress um and now you know whether i think bears fans are divided on this but you have danny trevathan back now as well um which even if he's washed at the very least is another depth piece you add that's still quality so bears i think the rams game at this point is more an exception than it is the rule Mm -hmm. for 
this Sean Desai defense, and I'm very much interested in how things go for the defense moving forward. I agree. I think it was Sean Desai has stacked good performances. It's it's a game where like you you start to realize on the defense there's so many good players and they all want to get involved and make a big play. They all want to end the game with like, hey, what was my like? I'm I'm making sure that my name is getting called and that I'm showing up on the stat sheet. And the strength is still on the front seven, but you're right. Like Jalen Johnson is continuing to like really play good coverage, shut down ball. I think even like Kendall Vildor and Duke Shelley are playing like to their to to their potential, and they're not they're not causing they're like Duke Shelley's not getting picked on the way he that people were concerned about in those early weeks. Yeah. I think he's I think he's been just as good, if not better, than you know what Buster Screen has provided for us in years past. So, and if there's going to be a weakness or a weak point on this defense to attack, like the nickel corner, you could probably that that's probably an okay spot to be. And even still, I I, I don't think that Duke Shelley's really been uh, too much of a liability outside of him. It's just strength after strength. It's just like, and you know, if Robert Quinn's again, it, it's starting to look like last year was you know a down year and your injury. He was kind of out of position under Pagano's scheme. And it's like, holy, when you get Hicks back, like that's that's not going to slow down anytime soon. Yep. Uh, I will say quick note on the Robert Quinn uh, note from my friends over at the Three Kings and the Midway podcast. They pointed out that Robert Quinn always performs very well in contract years, um, <laughs> which is for Robert Quinn. But, hey, you know what? I'll take it because <laughs> um, I don't think the Bears are going to resign him after this year anyway. Yeah. So if he's going to show out this year to end up on another team, I'm okay with it, but yeah. yeah, no, I think it's very, I think it's gotta be a confidence booster for this team to see this defense continue to show out. And I think as a fan, it's very exciting because I think during the Pagano era, it started to be very demoralizing to see the amount of talent we thought we had on defense, not really live up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people starting, you know, the whole debate has been, you know, did the Bears win the Khalil Mack trade? Yes, they did. But mm-hmm. people were wondering, like, was Khalil Mack, is he good anymore? And he's clearly showing, because he's playing injured right now, too. Yeah. Every week he's showing up on the injury report, and he's still going out and, and getting sacks, multiple sacks. Yeah. Um, I think I I think I read that Khalil Mack has six sacks through uh, these five games, I think is yep. what it is. So yeah. he's averaging more than a sack per game, yep. which is what you want to see from your stud defensive players. So yeah, he's the reason the bears are still leading in sacks in the, in the league right now. And it's, you could see it runs through Khalil Mack, like literally him creating space for guys, but even emotionally, like in that game, I mean, he was just him and Roquan are on a, another level in terms of like, especially when Hicks isn't out there. Like I, it's just fun to see people like, moving and playing with that level of energy and passion like you can just see them after the play mario edwards might have brought some of that too a little bit too much he had some dicey penalties but like at least they at least the bears kind of answered back and i looked at it as like this defense is kind of answering for like the ass beating that justin's taking on the other side because there yeah, were some especially are. in that first half like there were some big hits on him it felt like it was part of the raiders game plan i'm not saying that the, it was like dirty or that they were trying to hurt him but they were definitely trying to rattle him they, i mean they they came, yeah. Yeah, strategy. Yeah. yeah so i th- i felt like i i would have liked to see a little bit and i think our offensive line kind of got back like just in the run game and the attack and getting pushed there but i really felt like the visit phys- like it, it kind of didn't feel uh like a coincidence to see some of the guys playing as hard as they were and seeing it kind of get chippy after each play you know it, it yeah. was 
it was in response, I think, to kind of protecting the quarterback. And Eddie Jackson made some comments after the game, even about John Gruden, like that they they were they had kind of known that he had more to that story than they were letting on at the time. So I mm. thought that was an interesting note to it all, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I. Yeah, I'm just impressed with with this defense. And you brought up Roquan Smith. I think my my top my favorite play from the game was on fourth and one. This was in the first half, I believe. I saw on when I was watching highlights. Fourth, so the Raiders had a third and one, and the Bears had a stand. Fourth and one, Raiders go for it. They run a counter a quarterback counter run. Derek Carr goes off to the left hash mark. And again, he only has to get a yard and Roquan Smith get takes. There couldn't have been a more perfect angle, but he takes it and he keeps Carr from getting that first down turnover on downs. Bears get the ball like it was an it was an amazing. It's such a small play, but such an amazing play um, in terms of the whole game. But I do want to take a second and shift over to offense since we've been uh slobbing all over the defense so far (laughs) um so what sticks out to me in this game from what i saw was damian williams and khalil herbert yeah the Um, depth in the running back room is real but it's also the old like all credit to the o-line i think it says i think it says a lot about both it says a lot about the depth we have at running back it says a lot about the strength of the offensive line don't make them pass protect a hundred times, you know, like we've done in years past. And at the start of this year, like let them get the jump off the ball and attack. Yeah. Uh, Olin Cruz was tweeting out during the game, a lot about James Daniels, a lot of positive things about him. So he's clearly making a big difference there because mm-hmm. I trust Olin's opinion a lot. Um, and yeah, I mean, Khalil Herbert just, I, I don't know why I always kind of had the feeling about him that he was going to be decent. Yeah. Yeah. He looked good in the preseason. All reports yeah. from all the beat writers, like was that you know in training camp, like or every day in practice, that he was making big plays. So it just the Bears have a good history of drafting the running backs, and it just kind of it always felt like Khalil Herbert was just going to kind of fall in line with that. I, I got the yep. same feeling, just based on very little. Yeah. Um, so and Damian Williams, you know, I didn't really know what to expect from him exactly, but he surely performed as well. Um, I asked this question on, on Twitter to Brad Biggs, and I don't think he responded. Um, but he did so his me, like weekly mailbag thing. But yeah, I let me fill in for him. <laughs> I put in there: Do you think there's a possibility that Khalil Herbert takes over as RB two sometime this year? Mm-hmm. And really, the only reason I see him not is if they want Herbert to continue taking kickoff returns back because mm-hmm. um, once Montgomery gets back, because. I don't know how old Williams is, but Herbert is is like fresh out of college, yeah. fresh legs. And if you really give him some experience next year, you could be talking about like a two headed like you. I, OK, this is probably not quite to this level, but you could be talking about a dual threat like Cleveland has with Chubb and Hunt. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Monty and Herbert will equal the output that they get from Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, but something like that I think could be really interesting. It would be, I would be curious too, to see what the long-term, like what's going to be with the long-term future with David Montgomery. And is he going to get his big payday with the bears after next season? That might be another, like, I think that'd be very telling if you start to see Khalil Herbert get more involved, you know, as the season goes along here, 
might say a lot about, mm-hmm. you know, something to read between. And they've already carved out a good amount of money for uh, Tariq Cohen. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he kind of, I mean, it's what well, it was modest enough. It was like five and a half million. Uh, but that's was, another chunk of change going to the running back room already. Yeah. And the NFL, the modern day NFL, it's, it's very wary about spending big on running backs um, and drafting running backs high. I mean, yeah. you look at, you know, Christian McCaffrey, he's still super dominant, but he's getting injured a lot more frequently mm-hmm. ever since that big contract. Saquon Barkley, he's mm-hmm. been dealing with more injuries. Um, and meanwhile, Khalil Herbert drafted in like round six or something comes out here and he's looking just fine. So the running back, that, that's a, that's a position that we could have a whole nother discussion about, but I'm excited about these two. Although I will say, I'm going to temper my expectations because I don't they are they are great, but they are not David Montgomery. And at some point, at some point they're gonna need to kind of ease off the brakes a little bit for this Justin Fields offense. Mm-hmm. We I think everybody knows that Justin Fields' greatest strength is his long game, his downfield passing, the vertical game. And there's been very little of that so far. And I don't know if it's just because the offensive line hasn't been the stalwart they need it to be. But as you mentioned, we're starting to see the offensive line come through. And at some point, and I think it was on Hogan Johns they were making this point, that when you're facing the Packers and the Buccaneers, you have to score more than 20 points. Yeah, and running the ball is great, but at some point in this modern NFL, you've got to take some shots. Yeah, take some shots. I think we started to see a little bit more of the chemistry there with him and Allen Robinson. Like that was yes. kind of the, you know, it, it, I think that's going to be slowly developing because I don't know how much, I don't know how much they've really been playing together. You know, not at all in the preseason, not much during training camp and OTAs, etc. So I think he's developed a little bit more of that with Mooney up to this point, and that could be your deep ball threat. Um, we brought I was I I have to say like Demir Bird came in on a few plays. He was gonna he was supposed to be one of those speedy guys that was gonna be a downfield wow. threat. I'm I'm really not seeing it there, you know. So I'm I think Marquise been, Goodwin has looked really good. Like that's who I'd like yeah. to see get more involved. You know him and that's Mooney get say. them get let cut them loose and keep the tight ends or Allen Robinson as kind of your like your underneath guys. Yep, I. I totally agree with you on Marquise Goodwin. Marquise Goodwin and Cole Komet are the two guys I want to see get more targets. Um, And I also think, I saw this going around on Twitter. It's sort of, it's like half joking, but half seriously. I want to see Jesper Horstead get some more attention as well. He he was a receiver in college. He came into the NFL like, they all look at like you're you have the build of a tight end. Like you put on a little bit of weight, you're ready. You're going to be the best receiving tight end in the league. I mean, that was kind of what he was told, and mm-hmm. he's done everything up. To, he's he's put on the weight. He's learned the position, but he is uh, like I trust his hands, and I trust him as a red zone target or just to get involved. Like he is a true receiving tight end, and he should be on the field for more reps. You know, I, get, get that yeah. whole room more involved. Yeah, I totally agree on all that. And uh, yeah, so 
bottom line, I think what we want to see moving forward here is Justin Fields o- open up the playbook a little bit. I'm not saying give him the keys to the kingdom yet if you're wanting to kind of do a slow exposure, but maybe add a new page. Oh, here's here's a new page of the playbook. This page has five vertical plays that we're going to try out against Green Bay. Oh, here's another three we're going to try out against Tampa. Whatever you're going to do, but give him some shots. Um I want to shift to one more note before we start to wrap up this game review here. Um, With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, okay, call me crazy, and Bears Twitter, be nice to me. I think I like Matt Nagy mm-hmm. actually a lot Yeah, as we're... the head coach. Yeah. Like, yeah. I saw him, again, I only watched the second half, but in that second half, I saw not one, but several clips of him barking at the refs, getting in their face, very emotionally involved in the game. And I know there's been some of that before from Nagy, but never to this level. Yeah, And I think it's because he's seeing more of the game. He's seeing more of what's being called, what's happening on the field, and he's reacting to it more. And I like this. A few weeks ago, we were calling for his job, but we had a list of demands, which was, I mean, the last time I was on, Andy Dalton was out of Matt Nagy's mouth. Andy Dalton was the one. Justin Fields was the two. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we kind of knew he had done his whole play calling thing, but he's met those demands and he's shown up infinitely better as a head coach without play calling, without watching Andy Dalton and the, you know, five yard curl routes. This is an offense we can get behind. They're running the ball. Like there's a commitment to the run game. That's always been a, an ongoing flaw of Nagy. So the, the on the field results and performance of the offense are, have done a complete 180 and met the demands that we would have had. And he's been, he's been more engaged. He's been, 
uh, more in the loop with what's going on in special teams and Sean Desai, at least from what we've heard from him. He's like saying that he, and it's like, I don't want to applaud him for doing his job. That's his job. But guess what? He's doing it. So yep. now that he's doing it and he's doing a good job with it, it's like, great. All I'm interested in is moving forward and seeing the results here. So I, and as you look around the league and you see, What's, you know, Urban Meyer and John Green, it's like maybe I should be a little bit more grateful for what we yeah. have at head coach yeah. than I thought. Well, and I, every, every now and then when I hear clips from the John Fox era or Mark Trestman era, you're just like, oh, my word. Yeah. You forget how bad it's been. And, yeah, and really, and I think we said this last week, Bear, the Raiders game was great because up until this point, your only wins have been against the Bengals, who maybe they're better than everyone realized, by the way, and the Lions, okay? You needed a game, as you said earlier, kind of a prove-it game, and mm-hmm. this, and, and the Bears did that against the Raiders. You beat a team that I think most people would say is better than you and a team that is in the hunt, quote-unquote, for the postseason. Now it's the big boys. Now it's your Super Bowl contenders that you have to go against in back-to-back weeks, and then that's followed up with another run of playoff contenders. So. Yeah. This stretch is what will say a lot. And if you want to know about how Matt Nagy is as a head coach, how does this Bears team handle adversity through this week, through these weeks? That is, I think, where the answer will lie with him. And I'm very I'm all I know is these last two weeks with him as the head coach strictly has me very excited slash intrigued to find out what it could look like moving forward. Yeah, I can't disagree. And like if, if I had heard my- the two of us talking this way just a few weeks ago, I've been like, how could he have turned it around that quickly? But it's, it was, he just like, those were those, the things that needed to change did change. Yep. So at what point are we like, okay, if the, we asked for those changes and they were made, I'm on board. Yep. No, I totally agree. All right. So let's work on wrapping up here. This episode, again, a great win by the bears on the road against the Raiders. I'm really hoping that pretty soon we can see Justin Fields be a little more featured but, again, the offense, they haven't needed him to be yet. You're going to need him against mm-hmm. the Packers, against Buccaneers. Let's see what that holds. But for our Doinks of the Week, my Doink of the Week, and maybe I'm stealing yours, it seems like it's a low, low-hanging low fruit. But John Gruden, I mean, come on. I mean, it's not even really related to this game. But everything that has gone on with him uh, is very much a Doink of the Week. Um, and – I thought just the one email was bad, let alone all the other emails that he's been involved with and sending. So um, RIP to John Gruden's career. Um, And I really think what some people have said is that the Raiders actually might benefit a lot from this because they were able to get out of a really bad contract with him (laughs) because of this situation. Wow. That's one way to look at it. Yeah. So, uh, but John Gruden is my doink of the week. What about you? I like it. Yeah. It feels very appropriate. I'm going to give mine to our new newest addition to the team, Jakeem Grant, Ooh. who was so eager to make an impression that he returned just about everything. And it was like, yeah. I appreciate the, he was like the, he did the opposite of the Ted Ginn, which is having no interest in returning the ball. He did the opposite. He was like, Oh, I'm 10 yards deep in the end zone on a punt. Cool. Let's go for it. It's like, dude, yep. you, you, we are playing the field position battle here. Like this is not the Jakeem Grant, like, like tape reel night, like just do your job, you know, yeah. Just trying to swing for the fences on every play. I, I like it, but not I not in this game. Not what we were trying to do. We we're trying to win a field position battle, and he was costing us yards. I always said if, if you're going to take it out from the end zone, 
you better get at least 25 yards. Right. And he, and he wasn't. Yeah. If you don't, then it was a bad decision. Yeah. Um, so Jakeem Grant, I like your speed. I like the uh, drive. I think if there's one thing that like bear special teams should be able to do, it's like, all right, we can, I, I mean, we've been churning through these guys for a little bit and it made me miss Cordero Patterson a little bit, but uh, yeah, I'm giving mine to Jakeem Grant, but I'm not out on him entirely. I, I think he can he's just first game jitters trying to make a good impression on the new team. I think hopefully he'll be a little bit more calm moving forward. I agree with you, especially after he gets fiery naggy all in his face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. My Sunday sweetness, and maybe I'm stealing this from you because uh, I think we're both on the same page here too, but uh, Khalil Mack to finally get a revenge game against the Raiders. Like, unanimous. He, he, I think we had thought it was going to be that in London, but admittedly yeah. that London game was very weird from the start yeah. with Akeem Hicks injury with Chase Daniel having to come in halfway through that game or whatever the case, plus it being in London. It was just a weird game, and I'm happy to see that Khalil Mack not only got his revenge game, but as people have been pointing out on Twitter, Khalil Mack <laughs> ended John Curtin's career, basically. Yeah. Um, so best, best, best Bears – Defensive career finisher since Corey Wooten sacked Brett Favre on the oh, yeah. field at oh, Minnesota yeah. Gopher Stadium. <laughs> uh, love that. Yeah, I have to give mine to Khalil Mack as well. It's unanimous. The only other thing I'd bring up is like it's not going to show up in the stat sheet, but he got a sack on that two-point conversion that the Raiders went for that would have yep. kept them in the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a huge play. And yeah, he won't get credited for a sack on the statue, but like that's a sack that kept two points off the board at a critical moment in the game. Yep. So I, I like that's why it's like forget the statue. If you watch the game, like he's like that's a single handed like he is making a difference on every play, and that that won't show up. But that that really was a, a major point in the game that he came through for us. By the way, what did you think of that Josh Jacobs touchdown? Like. That was oh, that like, Jackson snatch. That was kind yeah. of borderline. Like, <sighs> I yeah, he crossed the plane, but like, no, what? he he crossed the plane. I mean, it's the the like <laughs> you, they they had the right camera angle. It was a great play by Eddie Jackson. I mean, I, I'm not going to take that away from him. Like, that's a heads up play. Mm-hmm. It was close. Like, he he really like pulled the right. I mean, it was it was slick. I, I Half appreciate that. earlier. That might yep. be a Bears touchdown. I I I think the I don't think the officials got it wrong. Uh, the only thought that I had, I was like, Sean Desai's takeaway bucket is working. Like these guys are attacking the ball, and that's that's always been Eddie Jackson's mindset. Like that is like he's. I mean, I, I think he would make that play always. But yeah, that was uh, that was a nice one. And I think Eddie, he, he actually he had a, a couple of big hits in this game. Like his tackling was looking a little bit better. I think uh, I think we're that's just going to kind of be the way that it is with Eddie for a little bit, if, especially if he's playing with Deshaun Gibson. Like the more you're asking him to be that big hitter, the more you're going to kind of catch him out of his element a little bit. But all in all, I think he's I think he's you know he's certainly adding a lot to this team still. So I think people can kind of take a, a step down a little bit and put the pitchforks away. Definitely. All right. Well, just like victory formation, which the Bears were in this past Sunday, thankfully, against the Raiders. Bears have a better record than the Chiefs, everybody. Just want everyone to know that um, before we sign off here. Thanks again, Joey, for joining me. Um, this has been another great episode of Full Press Bears. Please follow me on Twitter at FuriousGeorge94 for all my game analysis, snarky humor, and wild opinions regarding those Chicago Bears. Uh, let me know your thoughts. 847-580-3528 is the phone number. Fullpressbears at gmail.com is the email. 
it's time for us to go. So be great, be kind, bear down, and we'll see you next time. Boom, baby! Fade to black! The Full Press Bears Podcast. If you don't love the bears, we don't love you.